Today, I want to focus on verse 10, which was uh, in the middle of what was just read to you, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Let me read it again for you. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Like that, it's a big statement. It's a really big statement. And I'll just tease it a little bit here. It means that the church is in extremely important in the plan of God. And not just like church attendance or something like that, but God's people for all time in all places everywhere that have ever called on him as savior through Jesus Christ, that they are massively important and that you are a part of that if you're a part of his church this morning, that you're a part of, of that here and now. But I wonder if we don't quite get the importance of the church today because you kind of want to say, that church? Is that church the church that you're talking about? Is that, is that, is that the one that we're, we're, we're talking about? Is that, is that the one that, we're, that, that, that is supposed to be a display of the manifold wisdom of God to all of these beings? Is that what the church that we're talking about? The church that has all the problems. The churches that have the infighting, the church that has uh, the abuse, the church that has the domineering behavior, the church that has, uh, what, that, that's money hungry, the church that's, you know, all of, is that the church that we're talking about? Or is, is that the one that we're, we're talking about? Because that's, that's the question that our, our world might be asking today is like, it, you know, that it's certainly being reduced in popularity. As we speak, it's certainly not cool for people to know that you go to church. It's certainly uh, not something that people really like to hear about all the time today. Is that the church that we're talking about? Like, this is God's grand plan? Because that would be a laughing stock outside of this room, at least, that the church is God's uh, means is it, it, it is his purpose for revealing his wisdom in uh, all of creation, the universe, all of time and eternity past and eternity in the future. Like God's wisdom is going to be seen in and through that. How is that possible? Well, let me just tell you this morning that the church is everything that everybody, every created being has ever wanted or desired. You say, that's crazy. I can name some people right now that don't believe that that's true, that don't believe that the church is anything that they want to be a part of or anything like that. But the truth is, what you've always wanted and what you've always desired, always looking for, and what you've never found is the church in some ways. And maybe it's a church that you've never been a part of necessarily, but it is the church. I was really stuck on this passage this week. I've taught on it many times. I've at least referenced it in uh, many sermons in regards to talking about the importance of the church. You know, I'm kind of biased. I started a church with a lot of other people, and so I'd like, see, it's really important. Just trying to get you to understand how important this thing 
is. And, but I was like, man, I'm just so stuck. I feel like I've said everything about this and I was really looking forward to it. And, I, and I'm just like, I'm stuck. I, you know, I got all this information, but what does it mean? Because I really want to communicate to you the why. Why should you care about this passage? And so yesterday I was just kind of, I was like, dang it, I'm so sick of thinking about it. Ugh. You know, you, you got all the information, but it's just, I don't know how it's going to come together yet. That's, that's where I was yesterday. So I told my wife, I said, all right, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to turn on a documentary. I'm going to lay down and I'm going to take a nap. And, uh, and so uh, I, I turned on a documentary, I fell asleep, and then there were some unsavory things that came up, and my wife was like, Matt, turn it off! <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I did not know that that was going to be on that documentary, so then I turned on another documentary, and that documentary was called WeWork, and I was like, what the heck is this? Whatever, I'll probably fall asleep to it. I was riveted. It was amazing. It was on Hulu. And it's, it's this documentary about this, uh, this uh, entrepreneur who started this business that essentially creates co-working spaces. But they're not just co-working spaces. They are, yeah, I don't know if you know what a co-working space is. It's like where everybody offices together and like, you know, you hang out and talk and people bother you constantly or something like that. But uh, in any case, but th this was supposed to be like, uber, like super cool. Like su this is like incredibly like hipster, like cool. Like they've got beer on tap in the office. I don't know why that would be there, but there's beer on tap. There's, it's just like this party. You go, you're, you, you know, maybe you just got a little company that you're starting and you get a little office space here. You're hanging out with all these young 20-somethings and, and you're in this office space. Anyway, this entrepreneur, he's like creating this. And this guy, he is such an amazing speaker. Like you listen to him talk. He's got no notes. He's just sitting there just like, just talking, like saying like really cool things. Like, man, this is not about me. This is about we. You know, this is a community that we want to create and we want to, and you know, we're going to be here for each other. And like, you know, if you're, you know, struggling with something, like maybe somebody else in the cubicle next to you or something like that can help you. And, and so he's, he's casting this huge vision of community and, and help. And it's about we, it's not about me. And he says these kind of messianic or like uh, God-like phrases sometimes about how he wants to take over the world. And so that started to get problematic and it's building and it's building and they're renting all of these office spaces and it, pretty soon this company's worth like $50 billion. And there are so many people that are a part of this WeWork community. And then pretty soon they create We Live, which is like a dorm room for, you know, young adults, you know, uh, like in, in the city. And so think friend, the TV show Friends if you're that old. But, um, you know, that, that, that kind of thing, that, that's what they were doing. And people really bought into this. They really listened to this guy and they were like, man, he's got the answers. It's amazing. I love this community. And then the thing started to fall apart. It started to fall apart because... This whole thing was centered around work. This guy was blowing up everything as though it was really successful and they were actually losing money and it was, it was starting to come unraveled and unraveled and unraveled and pretty soon it had fallen apart. And I think it's still around today and they're hoping for a, a revamp um, here. I guess it was in 2021, but I haven't heard about it, so... There was one particular girl at the end who had had a one-on-one -on -one interview or a, a job performance interview with 
the owner of the company. And he kind of pointed at another girl as he was talking to this, this girl. And he said, I wish you were more like that girl. And she noticed that she's pretty. She has a spunky attitude. You know, she work, she's working herself to the bone. And this girl was just like spent. And she was just devastated. And I, I was, the whole time I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm listening to this, I'm watching this, and I'm just, and I just, I'm just going, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. What this gal wants, what she needs is the church. Because listen to what she says. She says, I think of myself as this younger girl, and I want to say to her, you didn't do anything wrong. Essentially, she didn't do anything wrong to get involved with this, this business, to get involved with WeWork. She said, you're valuable, and that company is not your worth. But because I felt like, how am I going to change the world like I needed that? And that might be a little bit confusing. But she was essentially, she was like, my world, my community was built around this. My, my, my world, my friendships, everything, my worth, my value as a person began to be rooted in this thing on how I performed and how I lived and whether I was all about the WeWork community or whether I was all about this or all about that. And, and then she, she, was, she was really passionate early on in the documentary about how she was like, that she had purpose, she had something to live for and we were gonna change the world. We were gonna change the way that work is done in America and all over the world. And now all of that was gone. And I just wanted to say to her, I wanted to shout at the TV, you are looking for the church. But at the same time, you just want to go, does the church feel like that? Not always. No, it doesn't. It doesn't always feel that way. But ultimately, there is this hope that each of us has. And the hope is, it's a community of people that that I know and love. It has given us purpose. It has given us a vision for life that can change the world. It has given us uh, something to live for and people to do life with and a way to be loved that I've never experienced before. Listen, people are dying for that. They're dying for that. And as our world goes increasingly digital through social media and ways of working from home or whatever, as that continues to happen, people are longing for community because you were not created for isolation. You were not created for isolation. You were not created to be the person that comes up with your ultimate purpose in life. You are not, you can't bear the weight of that. You are not created to do life alone, to figure out how you're going to change the world. You, you weren't created for that. You were created for Jesus' church. And when we come to an understanding and we know and, and, and realize that, that's when we have the real possibility of going, oh, this is what my purpose in life is. And here's what I want to convince you of. When I 
started the church in 2007, the thing, I mean, I was not great at casting vision. I was not great at preaching. I was not great at so many different things. But the thing that I sensed the most was like, I just want people to love the church the way that I love the church. I just want them to to love it. And so I had to find ways of saying, here's why you should love the church. And ultimately it's found right here and right now that this is what you've been saved to. This is what you've been saved to. It's to be a part of Jesus' church. And so what the Apostle Paul has been laying out here He hints at it in chapter 1, verses uh, 9 and 10, when he says this, if I can read it, that he is making known to us, uh, chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That it's, it is like this unity, like this is God's ultimate purpose, is this unity of all things in heaven and things on earth. I can't tell you how many times in this documentary they were talking about, this is a community, it is coming together. We live in unity together, we work in unity together. But this is God's plan. And what he's laying out for us in the book of Ephesians is he's saying, here's how God has put together this plan so that you and I can be on the right track when it comes to, like, this is what God has for us. This is what he has for us. So you may have walked in with like, man, I've got this problem, I've got that problem, I've got another problem. It might be marriage struggles, kids struggles, uh, being single, um, you know, and wanting to be married, being married and wanting to be single. It might be that you aren't making enough money, which might be a good possibility today. It might mean, it might be all of these things And you're here for whatever that reason is. But I, my job this morning is to just engage you with the scriptures to reveal it to you and just say, God has so much more for you than the fight that you're in right now. God has so much more for you than what you've always thought that the church was about. God has so much more for you. And so Paul's been laying out for us that God could take spiritually dead and lifeless people and cause them to be alive in Christ. And then secondly, that what he can do is he can take people who otherwise would never normally get along and cause them to live in unity and make them one in Christ. God is the one who makes a true community. And that's what he's been laying out for us over and over and over again. So take a look at the top of the passage here with me. He says uh, to me, and I know we've already kind of preached on this, but I need to cover it briefly here. It says, to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. That like the riches are not found in the work that you do. The riches are not found in the things that you produce. The riches aren't found in just having a great family. The riches aren't found in whatever it is that you, that you could try to manufacture or create or whatever. The riches are found in Christ. They're found in who he is. 
And so John Stott says this, they are riches freely available because of the cross. They include resurrection from the, uh, the death of sin, victorious enthronement with Christ in the heavenlies, reconciliation with God, incorporation with Jewish believers in his new society, the end of hostility and the beginning of peace, access to the Father through Christ and by the Spirit, membership of his kingdom and household, being an integral part of his dwelling place among men, and all this only a foretaste of yet more riches to come, namely the riches of the glory of the inheritance which God will give to all his people on the last day. Like, if you don't get the riches, if you don't get, like, the reality of, like, like God's riches for you and for me, you'll never come to a point where it's, it's like you value this. You value the community that we have. You value what takes place here. You won't see it. You won't understand it. But... Paul's message, the grace that was given to him, his grace was this. I get to tell you, and then I get to tell you again, and I get to tell you again about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Like it just goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. And it's unfolding, and it's unfolding, and it's unfolding. That's what the faith is. That's what the church is supposed to be experiencing over and over again. And he says, and to bring to light, verse 9, for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things? It is to walk into a room and flip on the light switch and to go, ah, there it is. People are walking around in darkness. People are walking around constantly today in darkness. All of these people that joined WeWork, probably most of them, many of them, joined WeWork thinking, this is it. This is the community where I am loved. This is the community where I will experience everything that I've ever longed for in my life. The mystery is the gospel, and the gospel, when you hear it, when you know it, when you understand it, turns on a light in your life that exposes all of these other affiliations as being subpar and only leading to death, to overworking you, to draining your resources, to taking you to a place of emptiness rather than fullness to uh, uh, causing you to come to a place of deep anger or hatred or whatever it is. Think about all of the political parties. Think about all of the things that you could stand for today and the communities that you could join and you could say, okay, now I'm a part of this community and this is what I'm gonna do and this is what I'm about. There's a leader. There's a, you know, there's a founding documents to say, we believe these things. There's all of that stuff that's included in that. But when the gospel light gets turned on, you realize all of that has been a lie. It might have been a good thing. It might have been a fun thing. But it can't bear the weight of God. It can't bear the weight of being your God. It can't bear the weight of giving you ultimate purpose in life. 
it turns on the light, it flips on the switch, and what happens is this, is that what I thought would bring us together, everyone agreeing with my particular political viewpoint, everyone agreeing with my particular um, viewpoint on this or sexuality or whatever it is, everyone agreeing with it, if everybody would do that, then everything would be fine. The gospel light switch goes on and it says, I have been created in love by God. I was created to image him, to be like him. But my sin came into the world through Adam and Eve, and that's been passed on to me, and I'm at a deficit with God. I'm, com- I'm at a complete deficit. And so therefore, what needs to happen is that God needs to make a way for me to get to him, because I can't get to God on my own merits. I can't get to God with, without without him actually extending a hand to me because I'm dead in my trespasses and sins, as it says in chapter two. Like I can't reach out to God, God has to reach out to me. So God reaches out to me and he offers me forgiveness. He offers me grace through my acknowledgement of, yes, I have totally wronged you, God. I have totally sinned against you. And God comes to me and he says, okay, trust in me. Trust in me. Take your trust out of all of these external things that you thought were bringing you purpose and vision and community and and life. Take Take your hope out of all of those things that you demand and say, these are right and these are good and these are true. And God says, take your hope out of those and put your faith into me. And faith in him means I trust you. I trust you with everything that's in me. I trust you with all that I have. I trust you with my finances, my sexuality, my marriage, my kids, um, my job, uh, every, my house, everything that I have. I trust you with that, but most importantly, with my heart. If you've said it's true, then it's true. And he says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the offer of the gospel. And the offer of the gospel flips on a light and says, oh, I've been working so hard to try to make myself matter. I've been working so hard to try to be something. And the gospel tells me what that young girl was longing for. I wish I, when she, she, do you remember what she said? I wish I could tell my younger self, you are valuable. You matter. You don't, you're not valuable because you work. You're not valuable because of this or that or the other thing. You are valuable because of Jesus Christ on the cross for you. That flips on a light. It flips on a light and it tells us something different. And that is that the church is God's gathering place And it's not even a place, it's a people group. It is God's gathering of his people that come together. It's multicultural. It is people of all walks of life in every place. And it is a place of deep love and acceptance. When it works well, especially. But in eternity, once Jesus returns, we will live forever with Jesus in eternity, in peace, with God's people. 
That's what he's offering you. That's what he's offering you. So he says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What does that even mean? Well, if you look at Ephesians 6, 12, you might know this verse, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, we don't know for sure exactly what the Apostle Paul was saying, but I, I, I believe this, that he, I think he's talking about everything in the heavenly places, not just in heaven, but we're talking about like all over Like you're talking about rulers and authorities. You're talking about these beings, these spiritual forces of evil. But I think it's also talking about spiritual forces of good. Like whatever it is, like everything for all time in every place, all eternity, all of those beings are going to see and have been seeing the wisdom of God. Not just the knowledge of God. God has complete knowledge, but God's use of his knowledge, his wisdom, they're going to look and they're going to see the wisdom of God in the church for all time, but also this, the local church, outward church, outward church Salem, outward church Silverton. God is is revealing himself and his wisdom to all things in and through the local church. God has saved you by his grace, the gospel, which I just laid out for you. That gospel is to create one new man out of the two. That means taking Jew and Gentile, people who never otherwise would come together, to bring them together, to cause them to be one, and to cause them to live for him in peace and in unity. This is what God has planned. And it's not like it just stops with, oh man, he's really wise. No, it says this word manifold which means like multifaceted. I've explained it before as it's like a diamond. As you look at a diamond that's been cut in like what, however, whatever shape it is, diamond shape, um, like you look at, look at this facet and like you see that. And then you move a little bit and you go, oh, you see that. And then you go, oh my gosh, look at the colors there. Oh my goodness, look at that. The multifaceted wisdom of God that is found in his local church. Like God's wisdom is like, it's mind blowing and it is seen in his church. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy because when you look at the church and you go, man, it's kind of broke down. It's kind of seen better days. It's kind of really suffering in the public sphere. It's kind of really being criticized. And Paul says, I want to bring to light for everyone what the plan of this mystery is. What he's already referenced in chapter one, verse nine and 10, to unite all things in heaven and on earth. The plan of the mystery that was hidden for ages, I want to reveal to you that it is through the church. 
And what can that look like? What can that, what can that be? I want to take you to Acts 2. You don't necessarily need to turn there. And I forgot to tell the guys in back that I was going there. Acts 2.42. Look at the, the church here. Jesus has ascended to heaven. He said, you're going to be my witnesses in, in Judea and all, all over the place. You're going to go f- from local to larger to larger to larger and all over the world. He's given them his great commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They have marching orders. They have a purpose. But then they come together as a community in Acts 2.42, which is, it is kind of amazing And it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Like that is like it's like this it it is a community that has come together and they're serving one another and they have this they've devoted themselves to the apostles teaching which comes from God comes from Jesus and and they're devoting themselves to that they're they're like they're in awe they have this purpose they have this community and people are like you know what you can't pay your bills guess what I got it man I just sold my whatever property uh my donkey and i and i'm i'll buy you some flour or whatever it is you know it's terrible examples there. i should have thought about that in advance no look at the community that gets created when people are on fire for jesus when people have become disciples of Jesus, like something transforms in them that maybe some of us haven't seen for a while. Something transforms as, as we go from being somebody who's just kind of lifeless and dead. We think that the light comes on with all of these earthly things and then someone turns on the light the gospel um, uh, opens our eyes or maybe reopens our eyes to the reality of what God has for us and the reality that God has for us is to take the gospel message and to share it with others and to share it with other people who otherwise would never have listened to or ever heard it that's That's the beauty. That's the grace that was given to Paul. But how can you speak about the gospel if you don't know it? You don't really even see the riches, the unsearchable riches of Christ. You don't see the manifold wisdom of God being revealed through his local church. Why would you want people to be there if you don't really want to be there? Why would you want to tell that? Because, listen, this is the point. It's the mystery that's been hidden for ages. This is what God has for you. It's what he has for me. 
It says in verse 11 that this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Like this is God's number one plan is the local church. And yes, the local church does social justice. And yes, the church does services or you know, whatever it is, you know, all of the various things that the church does. But the ultimate thing that God is doing is he is creating a people unto himself that will reveal his incredible wisdom. And I want that. And I want that for you. And that this has been realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is eternal. God's mercies are new every morning. In fact, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is what the church will experience and is experiencing today, whether it knows it or not. It's just new mercy upon new mercy upon new mercy eternally because we are his church. How does that square with how you view the church? How I view the church? How does that square with who you are, what you do? How does that, how does that work out? Um, over the last 15 years, we've done a thing called THX. And THX has been our effort to feed people in the, the city and uh, that we, names that we've gotten from uh, the local school district and so forth. And we've got up to 300, I think we did 330 families, I think this last year, somewhere around there, raised $50,000 to support that. And one of the things that we've been realizing is two things. One, COVID um, was incredibly draining for us because it was a, a completely different process. And two, uh, once COVID ended, which I would say is in March, because that's when the mask mandate went away, that since that time, uh, the staff and people have been running hard to reconnect people. And then our church looks completely different. Many of you have come since COVID began. And in addition to that, we planted another church in the midst of COVID. And so what happened was this, that we went through the summer and we were just like, we got done and we were just exhausted. And one of the things that we just thought was, man, there's two things that are on our mind. One, we are incredibly drained as a staff, because this is very, it's been very much staff driven with a lot of volunteers that are helping. And then two, we have a church in Silverton that needs to finish being planted because of this, because we believe that the church is the hope of the world. It is the hope of the nations. There is no other organization that we would say we want you to be a part of, but the local church. And so what we began to do is we began to think like, okay, how can we combine these efforts? How can we combine what's, what's happening with THX so that we're still doing something with THX, but also look at the future of Outward Silverton and then also the next phase of planting uh, our next church. And so we came up with this Finish Strong campaign. And I want to tell you about it here briefly because of this, because we believe that the church is the hope of the world. And so what, what we're doing here between now and the end of the year is to push towards this, 
not to bleed you dry in the midst of what's feeling like a downturn, a recession in, in the economy, not to do anything like that, but just to say, would you pray with us about how you could participate in this for three reasons? One of them is that we want to do THX well this year. I'm going to fast forward in my notes here. Uh, we want to do THX very well this year and create a quality THX experience in Salem and in Silverton. Right now, uh, Silverton has 50 people that it's serving, and we're going to have 50 people here in Salem that we're serving. And again, that's for a couple reasons. One is turkey prices are through the roof. Food prices are through the roof. We've reduced the number of people that we're actually serving uh, this year so that we can do quality over quantity. The second thing that we're hoping to do is that we want to finish planting Outward Church in Silverton. And that is so, number three, we can be prepared for our next church planting opportunity. Why? Because of everything that I just told you. Because church planting is the method of leading people to Christ. Church planting is the way towards it. Uh, Statistically, the way to uh, see new people come to faith is through the planting of churches. And over the next several years, I don't know what God has for us. I'm not going to say a number. I'm not going to say anything. I just want to be poised so that God can send us. I just want to be poised so that God can send us to, to reveal his manifold wisdom to the world so that we can be prepared to plant our next church. So there's three things. One is we want to fund THX for these 100 people that we're serving. We believe it's going to be right around there. Secondly, we want to finish planting Outward Church in Silverton. What does that look like? It looks like this. We need to hire a full-time campus pastor for that church. We can't move on from having planted that church until we hire a full-time pastor. We also need to complete some facility upgrades. That means we have two kids' classrooms out there. We need three so that we can split up the third through fifth grade from the kindergartners uh, and so that that ministry can continue to grow The third thing is we need to focus on other staffing investments in the area of worship and children's ministry and also in youth uh, ministry in in Silverton and then also slightly here but mostly there. Um, And then we also want to establish a building fund for a more permanent facility. That's all number two uh, out out at uh, Outward Silverton. Uh, The third thing that I was going to say was this, is that we want to be prepared for our next church planting opportunity. What does that look like? It means this, that we can't take another step towards planting our next church until that church is completely planted and we also have funds in the bank here. Now, like I said, everybody's hurting. My budget's hurting. My personal budget is hurting. We're not asking you to do what you cannot do. What we're saying is this, would you pray about what you can do? We have two goals And I think these are beyond lofty. I will praise God for any amount that comes in for this. One, to fund uh, Silverton. Secondly, to finish, uh, uh, I'm sorry, one, to fund uh, THX. Secondly, to, to fund Outward Silverton. And third, to be ready to plant our next church. Two goals. One of them is that we would uh, raise 150K for those three goals, uh, for those top two, and 300K total for, and, and I think that will be over the next year as we'll be raising that so that we can be ready for our next church plant. Now, I said all that. And here's, uh, here's what I'd like to say to you. 
We know, I especially know, that today is a, a difficult period of time. That gas prices are high, food prices are high. I have four kids. Our, our food prices are going through the roof. Like I said, not asking you to do what you can't do. We're asking you to pray about what you could do and to help us raise funds for this. And so here's how you can be involved. You can go to our website and you can give to the Finish Strong Fund. Like I said, it'll be about 20 grand that goes to THX and the rest of that will go into this other fund that helps us finish uh, Outward Silverton and helps us plant the next church because there's people who are joining WeWork because they think that that's going to give them ultimate meaning and purpose. And Jesus' church is the answer. Because there's people who are joining the Republican Party or the Democratic Party because they think that that will give them ultimate meaning and purpose and they'll find a community there. Because there's people who are wandering around that are just like directionless. And, they've, and like out in Silverton, there's been multiple people that stopped going to church 10 years ago. And they stopped going to church 10 years ago probably because they, they may have been at an unhealthy church. There were stupid arguments. The church started teaching false doctrine in regards to all kinds of things going along with what the world has to say today. There's people who are there in those cities or whatever city that God leads us to plant in next. But there were people in Silverton who had stopped going to church 10 years ago or more, had not been back to a church, an outward church came in there because you know, you know how? I think I said this at the, the, um, in Silverton a few weeks ago when we were all over there. We got Biden bucks. We, the, uh, nonprofits got money from the government. And you know what we use that money for? To plant a church. So Biden helped us plant a church, right? That's, that's what God did through that. And now there's people who had not been to church in 10 years, who had never been to church, who didn't know about the gospel. The light had not been switched on. Their life was about farming or it was about their work. It was about their family and they didn't have it. And the church, a healthy church came in and, and started meeting together and inviting people into it. And now there's 200 plus people out there, possibly way more than that. We don't know for certain, but 200 plus that meet out there on a Sunday and they're hearing the gospel and they're being impassioned about the local church. I know you didn't walk in today thinking, I want to plant a church. But I hope what you've seen through this passage is this. That's what God's called you to. It's not some crazy community that's just, you know, work, 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 work. It's a community that is here, that is gathered around the new mercies every day of God. His steadfast love never ceases. That's what we get to experience as the church. Don't we want to share that? So I'm asking you, would you please consider that? We're going to be talking about this over the next 
couple of months. We're going to be inserting that into sermons and announcements and things like that because we're passionate about the next church that God has for us to plant. Let me say one last thing. We've never done a year-end giving campaign. I had hoped to never do one. But I believe that God is leading us to do this now um, because I believe we have a serious vision for planting more churches. I'm praying that you would come along in that. Let me pray for us as the ushers come forward with communion. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have given us your church, that you have given us your vision, your, your passion. Lord, I pray that you would awaken us to that that you would awaken in this church men and women who would join a, a new church plant that's being sent out from here at some point in the future. Lord, that we would make disciples that make disciples that go on to plant churches and plant churches. Lord, that we would seriously be emboldened by this. As it says later on in this next verse, that we would continue with boldness and because we have access to you, because we're a part of your church, this boldness in planting churches that plant churches, that go on to plant churches and plant churches because you are the best thing ever. There is nothing above you. You are to be glorified forever and we get to be a part of that. Lord, give us a passion for that. It's in your name we pray, amen.